Hey, what's up? This is Chelsea, and you are listening to Foot of the Cross. I really hope everyone is having a good week, first of all. I know that, for me, it's been a little bit hectic, a couple bumps in the road. Um, Let's see. To start out with, first of all, Monday is Columbus Day, or Indigenous Day. And, of course, you know, it's a good time to just take the day off, spend time with families. I mean, who doesn't hate Monday? I really don't know too many people that love it, that's for sure. But uh, I'll tell you what, leaving this morning, I don't know what in the world people are thinking sometimes when there's that much traffic, you know? There was a horrible, horrible car accident, and I just started praying immediately for the people. You know how you you just know that somebody got hurt in that car when you look at it. And uh, for me, you as you all know, I am not good with cars. From my car accident when I was 16, I have post-traumatic stress from it and didn't know. <laughs> just how much it bothered me until way later in my life when I started having actual flashbacks. And then I began to have panic attacks where I really thought I was dying. Um, It was the first time (laughs) that I could actually explain chest pain to anybody it was like almost an out-of-body experience you know and you start tensing up then all of a sudden everybody's voice talking to you is getting further and further away you don't know what's happening the first time it happens so you're trying to play it off at first just play it cool you don't want the people driving to freak out My mom was driving that day, and I'm in the passenger seat, and I'm listening to her, and I remember there was snow on the ground. And at that time in my life, I was having to go to a methadone clinic way out of my town. My hometown was uh, just really starting to be filled with people all over on Methodist, you know? Um, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, there really wasn't so many people there that you could <laughs> have social anxiety over. It was like, you walk in, you dust, you walk out, it's just a little clinic, and now there's uh, way too many people, but anyway... So, right when 
the clinic started getting crowded like that, I was going to a clinic near Birmingham, Alabama. So I was having to go on the interstate every day for about, you know, 45 minutes. And that, to me, is already too far to go for methadone. I can't tell you how many times I wanted to run the other way and say, you know what, screw this. And I can't say that I haven't done that because I have. When I found out that I wasn't the only one, yeah, it made me feel better. But at the same time, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this or not. It takes real discipline to go there every single day. It truly does. Um, I've never had patience in my life. So, standing around and waiting was not something that I was fond of, like, ever. I mean, how many people would say that they are fond of that? But no, there are people that can sit at places like mm, McDonald's, for example, okay? I'll just throw that one out. How many of us sit in the car, (laughs) you know, and wait at that double line and going, okay, I guess I'll tell them what I want at the window. Maybe it'll go faster. But I see people that can handle it well. They don't get upset. They don't even say anything. And then when they get their food, they're so excited about finally getting hot food that they don't (laughs) say anything about the line to anyone. I'm the complete opposite. (laughs) I don't say anything to anyone about anything, though. So I, I guess I'm the same in that way. But I don't have the patience to sit in those lines. And it has nothing to do with thinking that I'm deserving of my Mickey <laughs> faster than the next person. Patience has always been a problem with me. Usually things like that, we do inherit it from, you know, like maybe one or both of our parents' personalities and... I know I probably got it some from my dad, that's for sure. Uh, God love him, but (laughs) anyway, so. But uh, going to that clinic, though, that day when I had that first horrible panic attack, I just remember trying to breathe, and I wanted to feel every breath because I thought I was fading away and my mom had to pull off the road and we're not talking about like a one or two lane road you know we're talking about six lanes and then you've got you know people getting off at exits and coming out and stuff so (laughs) It's not as simple as it sounds, you know, just (laughs) my mom was freaked out because 
she she told me later that I wasn't making any sense and it wasn't it wasn't like that to me. I thought that I was at least saying the right words, but I wasn't. <laughs> And you're like, okay, well, she was close to uh, stroking out. Oh, it definitely felt that way. But my mom, she was trying so hard not to tell me that she couldn't understand the words coming out of my mouth because she didn't want to set me off into a worse Panic mode, I guess you can say. That cold air. It was pretty horrible. I mean, the snow on the ground, I bring that up because had it been a hot day, cool air might have felt better and might have gotten me through it. But I could not tell hot from cold. I was sweating. I had to take off my jacket. I remember walking away from the road and she's going, please be careful. She said, whatever's going on, tell me if I need to take you to a hospital. And I said, I don't know. I don't know what this is. I said, Mom, I feel like I'm fading out. And she said, what? What do you mean you're fading out? I said, I don't know, do I? You know, and as moms, we all worry, you know, and we want to fix it, and we want to fix it now. Well, she has panic attacks and anxiety from her own stuff in the past. So the two of us at that time, at that moment at least, bad com- bad combination. But at the same time, I wouldn't have wanted anybody else there. <laughs> I think that probably the first few minutes of it, I was probably wishing to be alone. But if I had been alone, I think that it might have actually turned into at least a minor heart attack. I somehow got out of it without going to the hospital. And I just remember her taking me to go get one of those frappe things. And telling me it's gonna be okay. We're gonna, we're gonna fix this. And I said, "What was that? What was that?" And she said, "I don't know." So when I was getting back into the car and going to get the frappe, every single second. I was just shaking 
and praying for that feeling not to ever come back. Well, that wasn't the case. Um, it now happened once a week, which is a lot. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound like a lot to some people, but it went from having them from once a month, once a week, and then every three days, and then every day. And then I started to literally throw up every single morning before leaving because I was so nervous about going through that again. It got to the point where there was days that I said, I don't want to take my dose, forget it, I'm over it, I'll get on something else, and mom's telling me, no, you have to take your methadone, you have to. She said, if you withdraw from your methadone, you're only going to feel worse, and I'm going, mom, nothing could be worse than the feeling that I'm having when I get into that car. And I kept saying, that car, that car. And she didn't know what was setting it off. So she's like, is it my driving? You've never been scared before riding around with me. And I'm going, I don't think that's it. And listen, (laughs) you're listening to someone that has always been aware of any psychological problems I've had. If there's been anything that I have been smart about, I have been able to recognize, you know, symptoms and causes and, you know, why this and why that. But at that time, because I had never experienced it that severe before, I'm like... What was that? You know? (laughs) They wanted me on six milligrams of Xanax a day. (laughs) One every couple hours. And I said, how about four milligrams? And they said, okay. (laughs) And it was bars, you know. I even got off the methadone for safer. That's when I got on Suboxone. (laughs) If you've taken Suboxone, you probably do know what I'm talking about because there really isn't that many people I've talked to, and I've talked to a lot of people that have taken it, that can't say that their heart fluttered way too much on that crap. Suboxone is not for everyone. Just like methadone isn't for everyone. And they're both supposed to be temporary medicines. So, it got worse on the Suboxone, but I was glad. Thank you, God. I don't have to get back in the car every day. 
And the reason why I wasn't driving is because I didn't have a vehicle at that time when it started. I was still partially a new, divor new divorcee. It took me forever to figure out that if I was in control of a car myself, the fear left. And I didn't even recognize it as fear. Because if you've been riding in cars your whole life, I mean, come on. Or driving cars your whole life, you're like... What is wrong with me? You don't recognize it and you don't instantly say, I'm scared of the car. I'm scared of the, the ride. And I kind of remember saying something like, I don't know. It's just whenever we get back on the road, that's when it happens. There would be some times if I got into the car and the driver was kind of quiet, slowly pulled off, turned on the radio, didn't talk a lot. But my family talks a lot. And you're talking about going back and forth, going, no, I really need you to stop. I can't talk about this anymore. Just quit. And Please turn on the radio and roll the window down. I mean, I was a baby. It was horrifying. I have never been scared of something in my entire life. And you are talking and listening to a woman that has literally felt like she's been through it all. The only reason why I am not in an alley somewhere drugged up is because of God. There's just no way that I was ever going to be able to come out of that. There's no way you can try the exercises and... Someone said, have you ever tried meditating and stuff to, like, remember your car accident? And I was like, yeah, I have. And they told me maybe it started opening you up to seeing the accident a little bit. Maybe your senses are remembering and I'm like what do you mean that's just crazy I was 16 when that happened I said I love cars and I always have me and my dad we're, we're drivers my brother driver my mom not so much but still we all love cars in my family Oh my goodness, I didn't know what to do. There was days that they told me they couldn't dose me because I was having to take Xanax on the way to the clinic. 
And I'm like, okay, look, I can drive on half of one. I know I can. <laughs> but there are still going to be days that you're too tired. And when you don't have someone beside you telling you how you look too tired to drive, man, you things about to happen, you know. <laughs> you don't know it yet. But this is a recipe in your life, and something is fixing to go wrong. No one is there to say, whoa, slow your roll. Nobody. Nobody gave a damn. <laughs> Where are my friends at? Where are where are my people? Oh, well. <laughs> They're all on drugs, and I'm trying to be sober, so I guess that's why they don't hang out with me anymore. So you go through a time of saying, <laughs> who cares? I can still hang out with them, right? I mean, they're still my people. Right? And what about my best friend I've known for so long? She's got to be in my life. Right? It is very lonely. And you might feel that way for a while. I'm trying to tell you. If you try to do it alone... You can't. This is not a maybe. This is not if you get lucky. I'm just telling you. It's not happening. And if you succeed in something and say, I told you it didn't happen. Okay, well, what you succeeded in might not be your downfall. But at some point, you're going to crash. I wanted to die before ever getting in a car again. I wanted to die. And I don't really remember being scared of death. It was just, oh my God, you know. I remember later on, I went through a time of Kind of seeing the crash before it happened, you know? And it's not like you're predicting the future. And the crashes didn't happen. So that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about visualizing a wreck every time someone that was driving me around made a mistake. Yeah, it was crappy. <laughs> it was really crappy. I mean, it all, it's seriously giving me jitters just to talk about it, if you can't tell. So, it 
God. <laughs> you told me it would be wrong to ever get down on my knees. <laughs> but I'm getting on my knees for you. And I had to do that. I'm sorry about the visualization I just gave you, but I had to do that. I literally had to just, I'm done, God. I'm done. This is, this is the last call. All in or all out, what's it going to be? I don't, I don't like fight to the death. I used to be that way. But what are you dying for? What's your cause? <laughs> well, shit. Excuse my language. And sorry to say this, but I've seen so many people go into the Air Force or the Army or something, right? And they're like, if that's the only way I can have a life or get discipline, well, then that's what I got to do. But you know what? Those people, first of all, they didn't get in the Army or Air Force for their country. I'm not talking about all of them. So don't say, oh my gosh, this woman hates everybody. No. There are some awesome people out there that are really doing things for our company, country right now. And they are awesome, awesome people. They're heroes. And they have saved lives. And But those other people, though, where are they now? Yeah, they might have gone in there. If you don't go in there for the right reasons, it's still you're still going to crash at some point. But yes, I mean, just about, it's so sad, but just about anyone that I knew personally that went in um, got kicked out. <laughs> Misconduct, whatever. You know, discharged and you have to know the problem. Number one. Number two, learn the steps. Number three, start taking them. Okay? Three things. And am I saying with these three things you'll need it? No, ma'am. No, sir. <laughs> because before you start any of that, you need morals. You need to bring the good old-fashioned morals back into your life. No lying. No stealing. No taking the Lord's name in vain. If you're a Christian, you know, I would say Ten Commandments to my family. But still, one and the same right now. Go back 
to the good old fashioned learning how to be a decent human being without decency. How are you going to love yourself enough to get where you need to go? Most people, if they're doing drugs, yeah, I know people that did drugs and they had huge egos. Huge. But when they crashed, that crashed with them. And despite taking all the same steps that this person over here took, person A succeeded, person B didn't, but they did all the same steps. Why didn't it work for this person? And that is what you gotta figure out. Why? Because if you're, if you're the person that they didn't work for, don't give up. Don't run away from it. I promise you, it is much tougher being a horrible person than it is being a kind person. I had to learn it all over again, but you know what? And I did realize that it's easier to sin. I get that. But I promise you <laughs> that my line at McDonald's, all those things go a lot better with being a decent person. They come and go so much easier, so much easier than they did before. The patience comes somewhere in there a little bit at a time. But you get better. You socialize better. You smile more. It's all coming back to me now, you know. <laughs> and you realize that everything that you held in all those years, you put them on a shelf. And you kept them up there. And you kept them up there for too long. And now. They're all piling up. And everything's crashing down around you. You need to grieve. You need time to heal. And if you have to mourn your old life. Do it. I did not know such things, okay? No clue. Mourn your old life. What? What do I got to mourn my life for? I can get off drugs. I can straighten up. I don't have to be a different person. I'm going to still be me. Yeah? And who is that exactly? <laughs> who? Who is that person? So I pray. That's what I do. Before I get into a car when riding with someone. 
And it has gotten easier for me. And it's gotten better. And I have seen horrible panic attacks for myself end a lot quicker now. I know when one's coming on. And I know what I'm going to do now when that happens. However, it's happening less and less. Because I'm doing good. Because I don't have the worries and weight of my world anymore. I don't have to worry about the police arresting me. I don't have to worry about going to jail. I don't have to worry about going to prison. I don't have to worry about, you know, this court date or that court date. And it's funny that I say that because I know I told y'all about me getting arrested coming out of Walmart. Fourth degree burglary. (laughs) I was still the same old me. (laughs) Totally forgot that I got kicked out of it a long time ago. And uh, they took me and I tried to pay for whatever it was because they never actually showed me. And that's the truth. They never say, said, you didn't pay for this shirt. It was like one item out of 25 items. I didn't pay for it. And they threw me in jail. (laughs) It should have only taken about 45 bucks to bond me out. But, again, this is Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And that wasn't happening. (laughs) $500, you know, to get me out. And, uh... I didn't even have a theft charge until I went to court on the other thing. And they said, I don't know what this is, but you've got a warrant. And I was like, what? So, when those things are happening, no. And yes, I took the charge and paid the $500 because I didn't want to drawn out defending myself over maybe not paying for a pen, whatever it was. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I said to the DA, I was like, I've completed the second chance program. And you know what? If any of you are hearing this and you think that's easy, woo! But it's better than going to prison. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was not easy to stay out of jail when I had that over me. I had to be where I needed to be. I had to go test when they wanted me to test. I was on color code, all kinds of stuff. And uh, it was not fun at all. So at the end of it, When they took my charges off, that's why I was so mad and angry for them taking me from Walmart. Because they should have let me off with a warning, okay? Maybe the manager was having a bad day. I don't care. This is my life we're talking about. I said, I'm sorry. I tried to offer money, you know. I wasn't messed up. I wasn't running around stealing like a chicken head. I mean, but anyway, back to the point though. When you don't have all that other stuff going on, 
in your life or those fears, it does get easier. And you will feel a weight off your shoulder like no other. The first time, it's almost a high. It's almost a high the first time. Oh, and, uh, but completing it felt even better than that. You feel untouchable almost. And if you stay good, and if you stay good with God, you can have a life now. <laughs> and that's what I felt like. I'm not going to lie to you. The first time I ever messed up after graduating from the Second Chance program, nobody could have made me feel worse than I already felt myself. Ho, ho, ho. I was so ashamed. I was so, oh, I was so sorry. I really was. And it actually almost screwed me up for a while there. You know, because again, I didn't have someone in my corner telling me, it's okay. Hey, get back up. Get back up. That's all you got to do, buddy. Get back up. You, Your life is not ruined. Everyone messes up. And if you've already been down that wrong road before... Most likely you're going to mess up again and again this time. But you get back up. Alright. Father God, I thank you for anybody that's listened to me today. That it this message gets to the right person that needs to hear it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Foot of the Cross. Till next time on the next episode. We might even continue this conversation. Have a great rest of the week and a beautiful weekend. And if I don't say it to you later, happy men, happy, (laughs) did you hear that? Happy Columbus Day or Indigenous Day. I said it wrong. (laughs) I got it. God bless.